Welcome to Playmakers, everyone. I'm Haley Elwood. It is week 18, and there is a big game for the Chargers on the horizon this week as they head to Vegas to face the Raiders. It is a winner-take-all game, winning it in to the playoffs. But as for Playmakers this week, we're going back to what this podcast is all about, and that is highlighting amazing women who are making an impact in this industry. So joining me this week are journalist Jane Skinner-Gadell and also Sam Rappaport, who is the NFL Senior Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, to discuss their podcast and TV series, Earning It. Let's now welcome in Jane and Sam. Thank you both so much for coming on and joining Playmakers this week. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Haley. Great to be here. Thanks for having us. Hi, Sam. Hello. I know, friends of the show, I should say, because I both had you on a couple years ago, but I'm so excited to have you on together for this episode. Earning It, the NFL's Forward Progress, is the name of the podcast. For those who are listening, you can find it anywhere you get your podcast. Jane, I will start with you. What was the genesis behind starting Earning It? Well, uh, there's actually kind of a funny story about how I approached Sam, which we can (laughs) tell in a minute, but... Um, I call it uh, the podcast, a companion to the NBC and NFL film series um, that I'm producing with a lot of other women who are uh, at NFL films who are like fantastic and a bunch of men are there too and said, this is one of their favorite projects. So it's going to be a five part series. We do these deep dives on women, both on and off the field. Um, And then I decided the the only reason, like when you see a Callie Bronson with the Cleveland Browns or a Lori Loke with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, those female coaches, the only reason you see them on the field and like Lori was in the Super Bowl winning team this year is because of Sam Rappaport. Um, I happen to have been lucky enough to be, as you might say, like on the 50 yard line as a witness to as all this change has happened in the NFL over the past, really just such a short period of time, like five, six, seven years. And I was also standing on my husband, Roger Goodell's high school football field when Sam, as a young, like early 30, I think Sam, if that's mm-hmm. right, you, yeah. he said to her, he was help. she was helping him with a flag football tournament. And she had like the guts to say to the commissioner when he said, how you doing? What are you thinking about? How's work? She said, you know, I have this dream. And this dream is that I played professional tackle football. She was an amazing quarterback, incredible athlete. I have all these women I know who are fantastic, have fantastic football minds and would be great in the NFL and give different viewpoints and really could help teams win. But there is no way there for them to get into the league. There is no pipeline. I would love to build a pipeline. And I'm watching that like, whoa, you know, that's a pretty bold statement. And I was so in awe of her. And to his credit, Roger said, call me Monday. Um, And that is how it started, this whole seed. So when I've been producing a TV series, I was thinking, so the person who really needs to, t- it's such a great, it's a, just a chronicle, this change in this story. The person who really needs to tell it is the person who had the dream and created it. And anybody who knows Sam or has listened to her and as they're about to meet her, if they haven't knows that she just has a ton of energy and passion for this. And she is a supernatural storyteller. Um, I did pitch the concept to iHeartRadio without asking her. Oh, I, <laughs> I wasn't sure they were even to say yes to the idea um and they said we within seconds they were like there's nothing like that out there we love it um should we talk to do you want to host it or should we talk to a sportscaster because I have been a journalist Mm -hmm. and I said no 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 I I actually have the perfect person so they (laughs) said great let's have a call and so then I 
Then you have to ask, say, hey, I did this thing and I wasn't really sure they were going to say yes. And then he did. What are you doing next week? Um, And she said, and this is very Sam. She said, "Uh, okay, hey, I have a full-time job. Um, I've never been a podcast host. I appreciate it, but I'm willing, like I'm game to to give it a shot. And I said, oh, it's going to be easy. Come on, we'll figure it out in seconds. And, And, you know, and I think the word authentic is kind of overused these days, but that is what Sam is. She, you meet her and you kind of instantly love her and want to hang out with her. Um, And she tells these great stories and we get these incredible depth to these stories and incredible guests because she has done this work with all these people. When you get Ron Rivera on an interview with Sam, I can guarantee you it's a much different interview with a head coach than you're going to get with somebody else because they have done this work together um, on building this pipeline and creating what she calls the women's forum. So that is my very long answer. So now I'm going to let everybody meet Sam who hasn't met Sam. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I was so impressed listening to a couple of the episodes. I mean, uh, another thing, Sam, you made the commissioner cry at one point. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, as Jane, you obviously know this, it's a hard job to be able to ask questions and really get stuff out of people. And I think it is so natural for you, but for Sam, just kind of to piggyback off of that, what has the role as a host been like for you? Yeah, I was laughing when Jane said, I have the perfect person because she has no experience. She has no idea what to do as a podcast host. Was I wrong though? I was right. No, no, of course. You know, what she me, I mean, I, if you don't know all of Jane's history, you know, in addition to many, many things, she's also a veteran journalist. And so when Jane was asking me in my head is why, why wouldn't you do it? You're the one with the experience. But honestly, one of the most interesting parts of it is that throughout it, I've got to be, I've got coached by Jane and honestly, I don't even know if I've told you this, but to me, I started off as a massive rookie with no idea what I, what I was doing or how to do this or how to tell a story, how to ask questions. That's not my wheelhouse. Um, and throughout the episodes, you know, it's funny, we, 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 we shot some of the episodes at Jane's house. And while I was asking questions, sometimes she'd hand me papers, and then I'd hand them back, and she'd hand me papers, <laughs> and I hand them back. And it was just like, what I feel now is that I've gotten okay at it, because I've been coached, right? Like, I kind of have that athlete mentality. So I had no idea what I was doing. I but I like the challenge of starting something from scratch and, and seeing how we did. And it, the response so far has been great. I love that. Like a true producer, just moving stuff in and out, shifting. That's great. You should, the behind the scenes was the best part. Yeah. There was like dogs barking, bowls of chocolate, 15,000 pieces of paper, a lot of laughing and stress, a little bit of stress. So. Yeah. But Hey, they all come together and they're really great. Jane, for you as a journalist storyteller, what has it been like being part of this project? Um, it's a dream come true. Uh, it is, um, you know, I think some of the people I'm, I work with on the podcast and the TV series kind of laugh about like, there's nobody more passionate than Jane. <laughs> I'm like, um, always trying to think of new ideas and just to make it that much better. Or could we get this person to do this? Um, so it is a dream come true just because, you know, to chronicle this story of change. And I always say this podcast, the series, they're not, it's not just content for women. Um, It's a ton of football. We have head coaches, we have the commissioner, and it's for anybody who wants to hear about really how change is happening in this country. And, you know, I always say, if, if you're a man running an organization, I I bet you that listening to Sean McDermott and Bruce Arians and Ron Rivera, you're going to learn a lot about how they did that. And also on the flip side, listening to 
Kelly Bronson and Jen King and Lo Locus, these coaches, and Sarah Thomas, who's the first female official, to talk about what they uh, have experienced and kind of what has been helpful for them and not helpful for them and how you how you work together. Because, you know, w- you know, I always say one of my pet peeves is like women talking to women about this, we're not really going to get anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. You, everybody needs to work together and to have all those diverse voices together. There's real power in that. Um, so that I think at the end of the day to me is I hope the takeaway and I hope the impact of it is that we do get, I mean, we have gotten a great audience so far um, and that we do get uh, men, women, all ages, non-football fans, football fans to kind of just hear Sam tell this story and have our interviewees, the guests tell the story. This can actually happen and it can actually happen uh, with real success. Well, and I think that's the great thing too about the Women's Careers in Football Forum, which Sam, you that's your baby. That's pretty much what you started where you get these women in front of men, you get them in front of head coaches, in front of front office members, opportunities that they didn't have previously. And so to kind of also now bring that conversation to the public too, where you have these coaches talking about it. You have also the female coaches who have been hired by these men discuss it as well as so interesting, so enlightening. Sam, as each episode unfolds, because they're all a little different in their own very special way. What do you hope listeners come away with? You know, what we're trying to explain is that change can take place in a short period of time if you find your champions and empower your champions to make moves. And like Jane said, you can apply this to anything, right? This is not, you can apply this certainly to gender equity, but you also can apply it to racial and ethnic equity and for people with disabilities, LGBTQ+, any way to get your organization to be better, to raise the bar. Um, you know, we kind of created a template for that and, um, you know, and something that other organizations could potentially replicate. And we're proud of that. And, you know, the secret sauce we want to put out there because, you know, Jane and I are, you know, firmly believe in obviously in female empowerment, but to your question specifically, Haley, like the women's forum, it's not like women talking to women about women. It's not that that's not what it's about. It's about the men. It's about the women. It's about people from all genders coming together and helping to narrow that gap that exists, you know, the gender gap that exists in, in all of sports, frankly. So I've learned a lot from these podcasts, whether it was Commissioner Goodell talking about how he really felt like women were overlooked up until hiring you and really getting that forum going, or the story Sarah Thomas told about how she went by her initials to start when she first started working in college and was asked to tuck in her ponytail. But I'll pose this to both of you. What's maybe the most surprising or enlightening thing you've learned, whether it's been through a guest or just in general from your time doing this? Sam, you could start. Sure. Um... You know, I, I, I can't get over the fact that Commissioner Goodell watches rom-coms. I know it's not okay, that, Yeah, I didn't want to tease you, it. I was yeah, hoping it would come up. Like the number one question I get from people <laughs> is like, was, is that true? Was that real? And you know, I spoke to his daughters after and I kind of spoke to them because I knew I was going to ask that question. But I was like, shoot, am I going to make my boss cry? And they were, they're like so nonchalant about it. They were like, oh, yeah, he does that like every time he watches a movie. Like that. <laughs> People that know him, you know, we see him as this unflappable, you know, outgoing, incredible leader. And to know that he sits and cries at Hugh Grant movies, I don't know why that to me is what sticks out. But you know, on the football side, there certainly were a lot of things that, um, and, you know, one that sticks out to me is learning about Kevin Stefanski's why and, you know, why he believes in 
um, you know, promoting, uh, including women and everything that he does. And he was saying that he's not, it's not because he's a girl dad. He's a five-year-old daughter. And he said, it has nothing to do with it, right? It, I don't need a daughter to understand that women belong in, in every place they want to be. And so that, I love that answer. And I hope that other head coaches and coaches in, in all of sports kind of hear him say that because you don't need to experience it to know that it's right. And I give him a lot of credit for that. Um, I would say, I, I, would, I don't know that mine would answer would be the most surprising thing, but really I think the most hmm, probably interesting thing or important thing for people to know is that it has not been the easiest thing to get the women to talk about themselves, mm-hmm. like booking them and getting them to come on and, you know, take credit for what they're doing um, is, you know, and, and I'd say Sam's a little guilty of that too. I might be a little guilty of that too, uh, is, you know, really embracing, um, your own story. And there are in some cases, reluctant trailblazers. They don't love the label, right. They want to just do the work. Um, and that's kind of where the title earn it is where the title earn in it came from is it's all of them. They would say, I'm just trying to get out there and earn it. I am, you know, I want to be the best because the spotlight is on me. I know the pressure is more intense. And so because of that, sometimes they don't want an additional spotlight, right? And they don't want to look like I'm here to brag about, um, you know, breaking ground and and blazing this trail. They really just want to get in there and help their team win, which I, you know, which is why they're so good at what they do, because that is, you know, what motivates them. So that to me has been interesting is that you would think that Sam knows all these women. Well, I've gotten to know some of them. We can't, you think we might just snap our fingers and say, Hey, come on the podcast. But, um, you know, to their credit, they want to, they're in season and they want to do the work. And, um, also to their credit, a lot of them have said yes. And we've put them a little bit outside their comfort zone in the sense of, of getting an extra spotlight. They've been super honest. I think about what do you do with the hate, right. And people who don't, want you there. So you shouldn't be there because you're a woman. Like that's an important part of the story too. And I think important for other people to hear, especially young people about how they deal with that adversity. I think the point that you bring up about how maybe they were reluctant, it reminded me of the conversation I had when I had you on this podcast and we talked about a lifetime of Sundays and you said it was a very (laughs) similar sort of conversation that you had with those women of just kind of, yeah, let's talk about it. It's okay. And, and you said they were nervous about being, I think the term you used was braggy in a sense, but it's not, Yeah, it's really Well, not. and think about that. They are, those are all, for people who don't know, A Lifetime of Sundays is a documentary I did with NFL Films on four female owners who are in their 80s, 90s. And, you know, they came from a different generation, but think about that today that we're still as women, not always, and not all women, but there's still that sense of like, you really have to go ahead and, you know, embrace you know, you're great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that was a real takeaway uh, making that movie. And I think the women, by the way, the 80s and 90 year old women, the, you know, Pat Rooney's and Virginia McCaskey's um, uh, would say it was, it was pretty neat for me to be able to feel that my story was important and that it's okay uh, to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Sam, what is next for this podcast in terms of maybe guests or storylines to come? Jane, can we tease episode six? Yeah, we can. (laughs) (laughs) We must. Um, So, you know, I'm a huge football fan, but um, I'm also a huge music fan. And Jane called me one day and said, how cool would it be for episode six 
for us to interview Questlove uh, of The Roots and Dion Harmon, who is the, who's the producer of the Super Bowl halftime show. And, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I'm in football circles all the time. So football players and coaches are cool to me, but I'm not around musicians, brilliant musicians like Questlove and brilliant women like Dion. And so, you know, and I'm like, Jane, how are we going to get them? And she's I'll get him. <laughs> no, so, no, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> I, said, I said, what the hell? Let's give it a try. <laughs> Let's give it a try. Yeah, exactly. So Jane shot her shot. And, you know, it was it was so cool, though, Haley. And you'll, and you'll hear, you know, in this episode, some incredible, you know, um, stories about the history of the Super Bowl halftime show, but also, you know, uh, just speaking to two geniuses really in the industry, you know, uh, Dion Harmon is the first black woman to produce a Super Bowl halftime show uh, when she produced The Weeknd and she's also producing the one this year in LA. And so, you know, I was, I think Jane said kind of my feet didn't touch the ground for an hour uh, when I was interviewing them. And it was, uh, you know, I just, I'm great. I'm so to Jane to even have that experience. I could not believe I was sitting there asking Questlove music questions because I'm a drummer and I told him that. So it was, uh, it was a little mind blowing. Yeah, it was fun. So Dion is just, um, as Sam said, super geniusy uh, in terms of um, uh, her skills as a producer. And I guess my concept was she and Questlove are friends. And I wanted someone to kind of take us through the history of halftime because there's so many shows and which just as a bit of a tease, they will tell you. Uh, halftime changed in 1993. That's all I'll say. Um, but when you're producing it and when you're approaching it, like this year, when you have five stars yeah. up there, how much does history play into it? Right. And do you try to do something very different or do you try to roll in some sort of history? I was just so curious as to how they approach it, particularly when you have, you know, five different personalities. So that was kind of where that came from. And it, it worked out pretty well. They were, they were really fun, but um, that is going to drop look in a close to the Super Bowl. Okay. So. Well, that's an exciting <laughs> tease. And hey, with Super Bowl 56 being in LA, we are so excited. I will yeah. be there. I'm super stoked. This is my fourth Super Bowl. I'll help host for the NFL. And watching last year, knowing that, that Dion did the weekend show, I mean, I love and, and selfishly have the opportunity to watch rehearsal. And it is just such a mind-blowing thing to see. And I come from a dance background too, but to see all the rehearsal take place and then see what it looks like on television is so exciting. And with the magnitude of this year's show, I know Snoop Dogg was on the Manning cast last night talking about it. Jane Roger did a fantastic job on that as well. It's <laughs> very, um, very funny. <laughs> what an act to follow right there, but, um, but really exciting and very California, very LA. It's going to be a really, yeah. really awesome show. I can't wait. And I'm sure our listeners will definitely get some little tidbits from that episode too. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, they do just a to that point, Haley, real quickly, they do both of them uh, talk about producing it for TV and how yeah. that's different than when you're um, inside the stadium. So it's really interesting too. So they had, they had a ton mind. of good stuff. That's exciting. And then Jane, last question, the five part earning it TV series with NBC and Peacock. I know you talked a little bit about it, but what else can you sort of tip us off as to what we can expect? Does it have an air date that you're willing to, to release yes, and give? Yes, Where can yes. you find it? Our very first episode is going to drop on Peacock on January 23rd. And guess who is part of the first episode? You can't <laughs> do the first episode of Earning It without Sam Rappaport. Because <laughs> we have to tell the story of the pipeline and how all yeah. these incredible women got there. So um, that'll and then it, it'll actually um, air on the NBC network. If you don't have Peacock, um, those 
Sundays before the Super Bowl, like when you're a little quiet on uh, January 30th, I wrote this down so I wouldn't mess it up. Oh, in February 5th, um, when you're looking around on a Sunday afternoon at like, you know, two in the afternoon, there's no game on. So, um, uh, th- so it'll, it's, it's coming, it's coming very soon. And we're going to do like t- more than 20 women, a lot of them on the field, a lot of them, super interesting stories off the field and what they do. Um, some female agents and great players, a ton of football again, um, Saquon Barkley's in it, Leonard Fournette. Like it's, um, it's fun. That's awesome. And then Sam final question for you. I know the women's careers and football forum. We're now in 2022. The next one I'm sure is on deck. Can you just give us a little update on the progress of what that forum has done now heading into 2022, how many women have earned jobs and, and opportunities in the league and just maybe what's next for that as well? Sure. Absolutely. So we started out five years ago with, you know, one head coach, one GM, one, two owners, uh, seven clubs total. And now, you know, five fast forward five years later, and just about 200 women have secured positions in football operations uh, through this forum. We have all basically all the clubs involved, um, you know, head coaches and GMs and owners are raising their hand to be involved in it because they see we, what we provide to them is an opportunity to, to interview people that they may not come in contact with in their day-to-days. Um, and so it's it's been successful thus far. We had our most successful year in 2021 with uh, you know, the majority of the participants gaining roles in the NFL, securing roles in the NFL, 83% of whom were women of color this year uh, in 21. So we are looking to double down on all the success we had in 21. And even though we likely have to go virtual again because of the COVID surge, we will make sure that it's as impactful, if not more. That's awesome. Jane and Sam, thank you so much for this conversation. This is awesome. Everyone tune in to Earning It, tune in to the NBC series as well. We are so excited for that. Thank you both so much. Again, we really, really appreciate it. Thanks, Haley. We'll see you in LA pretty soon. Yes.